Going Linux episode 407, Listener Feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello, Bill. Hello, Larry. How are you today? I am doing very well. Uh, as we record this, it's uh, not quite halfway through April, and I'm looking forward to the release of the Ubuntu's 21.04, as I mentioned in the last episode, and just uh, sitting here waiting for that. I'm twiddling my thumbs. I got nothing else to do, and uh, just waiting. Yeah, I saw something. I saw uh, something on Twitter. Not that I'm on Twitter, but uh, they, for some reason they like to send me a uh, uh, like a little snap uh, snippets of what's going on. And I saw something about Alan Pope. Did something happen to Alan? I don't know. Huh. I didn't see that. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> okay. All right. So I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll hear about it when it finally becomes. Uh, more announced. So the good news is, uh, here's our here's your weather report. It is sunny in New Mexico. It's a beautiful day. So that's yeah, it. that's in it. California. It's a beautiful day as well. There we go. Okay. Nice. Nice. There's the weather reports. So let's get into our first email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds like <laughs> something we should do. Yeah. You know, listener feedback. You know, maybe. So. Maybe. Our first email comes from Liz, who is our very first email. So she says, I think it was you guys that recommended the Dell Latitudes. So I finally got a Dell Latitude E557 with Manjaro XFCE, and I got it and haven't really gotten into it. I am coming from Mint Mate 18, and an Arch base system is different. But I found Mate menu system and other Minty stuff a bit lacking. Here's hoping I enjoy hacking Manjaro. Dell Latitude E557 has some extra buttons above the touchpad and I, and the ThinkPad button is in the middle of the keyboard. I think she means that little nub. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Then there's the PCMIA-like uh, slot. It does have an SSD and and I hope 8 gigabytes bytes of memory in both a VGA and HDMI for my external monitor and TV. And wow, it starts fast. I'll never touch a Windows system again, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> like your Pinebook Pro review, it was another system I was looking at getting, but I think I will be much happier with the Dell I got, especially since I plan on virtual machines, CAD, and graphics but I might still get one to use as a secondary system if and when they are available. Many things are on hold right now, Liz. Right. 
Well, Liz, uh, congratulations on the new laptop, and I'm happy that it's working for you. Yeah. Having said that, I think she said a few more follow-ups. Yes, she sent a couple more follow-up emails. Maybe the shine came off of not necessarily the Dell, but maybe Manjaro. So far, not liking Manjaro Linux XFCE. Mouse will not set as left-handed. There, are, there is no touchpad functionality. File manager kind of sucks. Cannot configure disk for one click, but can mouse. Package manager not accepting password or enter. No way to install software. Back to Linux Mint, I guess. Not, not the Mate version, though. I found that Mint Mate menu a messed up nightmare. Other than that, it wasn't too bad. Probably going back to my old Mint Mate 18 until I get a DVD burn to install another distro of Mint, uh, not Mate, and not Manjaro XFCE. I don't think she likes XFCE on Mint Manjaro. Yeah, XFCE is one of those um, stripped-down desktops that... Um, works a little differently than some other desktop environments. And yeah, it's got some limitations and some quirkiness to it. And if you don't like the quirkiness or you can't live with the limitations, you should probably choose something like Mate or just about anything else. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally like uh, Manjaro Cinnamon, as everybody pretty much knows by now. Um, yeah. So yeah, Cinnamon is another good desktop. Yeah, yeah it's kind of full featured. Uh, the uh, um, the Mate, um, especially the um, the Ubuntu Mate, is a, is a well polished system too. So maybe she should look at those two. I know um, Ubuntu Mate has that where you can kind of change it to more of a XFCE type of um, desktop, but it still kind of has a lot of polish under the hood. So maybe she can look at that. Right. Absolutely. Um, since you're now distro hopping on your new machine, Liz, <laughs> give, it, give it a try. Okay. Once you get that DVD burner, I'm assuming that for some reason you're not using a, um, USB. a USB stick or something like that. But uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. In a previous episode, we asked our listeners for a positive Pinebook Pro review. And here's our first one. It's from Door to Door Geek. He writes, Hey, hey, all, I love my Pinebook Pro. I use it four plus hours a day and it does everything I expect it to because I took the time to educate myself on what to expect. It is a, it is still a developer device. It is still in development and hasn't yet reached its final form. Kind of like a Chromebook 10 years ago. If you bought a first-generation Chromebook expecting it to be a laptop, you felt scorned and cheated. I say those users didn't go do the proper research. The younger the ecosystem, the more the user needs to do research to educate themselves on what to expect to avoid disappointment. The Pinebook Pro satisfies everything it sets out to be, a cutting-edge ARM device setting the path on what a Linux ARM laptop should be. It isn't perfect, but with proper expectations, it's worth the $200 in my opinion. 
It is worth the $200 to me because part of my investment is in the Linux ARM hardware infrastructure. Hopefully, the next Linux laptop will be even better bang for the buck. Love you guys, love your community, love your feedback, and you are still in my top two Linux-based podcasts. Keep up the great work. Thanks, owner and president, podnuts.com. Okay, door thanks. Uh, you make some good points there. It It is early in the Pinebook Pro's development, and as long as you realize that it's early in its evolution uh, and set your expectations for use based on that, um, you you should you know be prepared for some things that are still in development. And I don't know, they seem to be, at least on their website, uh, promoting it like it's a finished product. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I missed it. But I didn't see anything glaring there that said, hey, this is still in development. And yeah, you've got to do your research. But, you know, if you're selling a product and promoting it as a finished product, it should be a finished product in my opinion. So um, to some degree, you can't blame the users. But on the other hand, buyer beware. Yeah, and I have to, I love Dor. <laughs> he is, uh, I've had some g- great conversations with him. And uh, just so everybody knows, Dor is probably one of the smartest people I know when it comes to hacking things. He's He does a lot of command line. He doesn't play a lot of games. Uh, he is a true geek. <laughs> so... I'm I, when it, when he says it works for him, I can imagine it does work well for him because he likes he he's a hacker. He likes to get mm-hmm. things to work, and so right. he sees something that doesn't work as a opportunity to learn how to get it to work, and will hack on it for days. So, and an opportunity, I'm sure, as he alluded to in his email, uh, uh, an opportunity to support the development of yeah. Linux on a new hardware base. <laughs> so. Dor Dor is a special breed of person. He's one of those, uh, what do we call them, graybeards? He's one of those guys that just loves to get into the nuts and bolts of it. So, thanks, Dor. Uh, I do appreciate. <laughs> we do appreciate yeah, and that. I, I I agree. He's a pretty smart, dude. He um, is smart. He, after, after all, he does have us in his top two Linux <laughs> podcast selections, so he's got to be smart. You went there, didn't you? I did. <laughs> So our next email comes from Ben, and Ben told us about a Linux music player that streams Tidal, and he went, Hey guys, just listen to your podcast on music services. There's a music player called Strawberry that supports streaming from Tidal service. It mentions other ones that you can get album artwork from as well. I don't use it, so I don't know how well this works. Uh, Ben, and you know, I've heard of Strawberry. I've never used it. And uh, I'll have to take a peek at that. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of Strawberry. It doesn't ring a bell, at least in this context. <laughs> so I can't really comment on there. Uh, bill, if you do have a chance to try it out, let us know. And, I will. Uh, ben, thanks for the suggestion. Okay, Michael sent us uh, three or four emails. So let's start with his first one. He wrote about purchasing a Linux computer. Hi, Larry and Bill. It's Michael from Meltem, UK. I have just contacted Entraware about the possibility of purchasing a Linux-supported computer from them. 
However, I have had problems as they seem to have no obvious phone number, so I can call them to discuss my requirements with them, and their contact form has a visual CAPTCHA, which you need to fill in before you can submit any inquiry. If I were still single, I could not have got past the CAPTCHA only. I got engaged last year, two days before Christmas, and my partner, who is sighted, who is staying with me at present, filled in the CAPTCHA for me. All the best, Michael from Meltem. Yeah, so Michael followed up with another Atlantic computer seller. He said, Hi again, Larry and Bill. My bus driver friend who has helped me run Linux has just texted me the phone number of another company selling Linux computers, a company called Juno Computers. They have an obvious phone number, so it may be easier to get a hold of someone which I can't be certain with Introware. Michael from the UK. Michael followed up uh, by forwarding us some emails about buying a Linux laptop from... Juno Computers. Hi, Larry and Bill. I ordered my new laptop yesterday. I believe I have found a go-to for purchasing a Linux computer in the UK. Below is the email, which may explain why. Michael. So Michael had written to Juno, and he says, Hi, my name is Michael, and I am interested in Linux and thinking of buying a laptop, which is certain to support it. My problem is I am totally blind, so need to be able to run something like Orca on whatever I buy. Also, the issue I have is that I have had to find sighted assistance to hack the menus of every computer I've tried to run Linux on. Even getting assistance from sighted people, who may be less technologically minded, which can hold me back. There is no longer a LUG, Linux Users Group, in Huddersfield. I wonder if you might be able to help me with my inquiries. I have already approached Entraware, only they don't have an obvious phone number, and the email address, and my girlfriend, who has yet to fully move in with me, has to fill in the CAPTCHA for their online inquiry form, which is not accessible to the blind, as there is no audio alternative to verify it, and no way for someone totally blind to be able to fill it in. And the response from Juno Computers Hi, Michael. Thanks for getting in touch. Ubuntu 20.04 does come pre-installed with Orca and other accessibility tools. I personally don't have any experience using any of these tools, so I wouldn't be able to guide you on how to use them. In this case, I would suggest checking Ubuntu's website for this. They have some information on how to use it, but it might be a bit outdated. Uh, And then provides the link to the Ubuntu accessibility site. Lastly, if someone you are with can watch some YouTube videos, that would be the best thing. Best regards, Giovanni from Juno Computers. Hmm, that was nice. He actually uh, sent him a link, so he actually looked yeah. into it, so that's cool. Customer support is great when you yeah. can get it, and it looks like Juno Computers provides it. So good work, Michael. Keep us informed, as I know you will, on your experiences with Juno Computers. And your new and your new shiny laptop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun. New hardware is always good. So our next email comes from Carlos, and, and he provides uh, this feedback on Garuda, KDE Linux. Hi, Larry and Bill. 
I'm not a district hopper, but I enjoy doing it vicariously through Bill's adventures. Uh-oh, I feel something <laughs> coming on. <clears throat> yeah, here we go. After reading this review from Jack Wallen at Tech Republic about Garuda uh, Linux. Sorry, guys, you know I can't pronounce half this stuff. Um, and it gives us the link from the Tech Republic uh, article. I could not resist the impulse to challenge Bill to try this distro. Thanks, Carlos. Uh, <laughs> Jack raves up about his beauty and about about it being as easy as Ubuntu, which currently no RPM-based distro can claim. Since I am firmly in the camp of RPM-based distros because of Open uh, OpenSUSE or OpenSUSE, however you want to say it, it would be nice to know if Gardunia uh, qualifies as a RPM distro that I can recommend to newbies. I continue. I continue to love the podcast after all these years. Keep up the good work, Carlos. So I did just pull that up and look at it, and it looks like the one I'm looking at at DistroWatch is a uh, Arch-based. So I don't know if there's different versions of it so i'll have to mm. look into that more uh in depth but uh uh it's it's pretty it's got a lot of color uh from the little uh images they do show but it i don't know um about about if it's uh rpm or arch so i'll have to keep looking into that RPM distros hate my guts, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll look at it. We may not try it if it turns out to be an RPM-based thing. So some of the things that they do say on their website just uh, uh, makes me think it is Arch-based. Um, they're showing that um, it's a rolling release, and it says, okay. so this is right from the website, you can access five latest snapshots directly from Grub. While being a rolling release distro, our goal is to ensure that your system will not be left in an unbootable state after a problematic update. Thus, we use the BTRFS of Brothers file system integrated with TimeShift, which employs an automatic snapshot feature which backs up the system configuration before each update. And then I'm just kind of, and oh, it, it's got to be Arch-based because the G, uh, the graphical user interface for package management for Pac-Man. So I'm thinking that it is Arch-based. And let me just go here. So yeah, if it isn't and I'm reading it wrong, I'm sure our listeners will let me know. Thanks, Carlos. That's uh, something we can look into. We'll see. Our last email is from Highlander, who wrote us about this WTF moment. He also, of course, wrote it to the Mintcast and various other places. So if you've already heard that, our uh, apologies, but here is what he wrote to us. It is important to say that this message has already been sent to a multitude of locations around the world. So with that out of the way... It is hoped that the Linux community sees the value of the experience imparted here. March 14th, 2021 was a weird morning for a few reasons. This morning, I tried to log in, use my computer, and got thrown into a login feedback loop. I had several theories why this happened, but no proof to show the real cause of the problem. 
So I decided to hold back my theories and just show you what I faced, how I responded, and the results. Perhaps the Linux community can figure out what the cause was. I tried to boot the desktop environment of my Linux Mint 19.3 32-bit system. What I got back was a login feedback loop. The code was accepted, but I was instantly logged back out again. I was essentially locked out of my system, even though the operating system accepted my code. I seriously considered the nuke and pave option to restore access to my machine, but I was in a hurry to gain access and I had other operating systems that were still installed and working properly on my multi-boot hard drive. So I booted into Kali Linux. It showed me that the partitions on my hard drive were still intact and the personal data was still retrievable. So I still held off longer before executing the nuke and pave option. I took a break for a few hours, then decided to use the advanced boot options for Linux Mint. I chose the most recent prior version of the bootloader. It booted me directly into the command line. I used the login credentials I knew for, for my administrator user account. After login, I used the command ls to check to, and see if the file folder structure was still there. It was. All my file folders showed up on the screen inside the command line interface. I recalled the experience I've had with using Kali Linux. So with that knowledge, I entered in commands I thought would help fix this login feedback loop. I connected my machine to the internet through the USB port. Then I entered in some commands, sudo apt-get update. The update was done. Then I entered this command, sudo apt-get dist dash upgrade. The upgrade failed. Then I entered in this command, sudo apt clean. Then I retried this command, sudo apt-get dist-upgrade. The upgrade was done. Then the distro itself recommended that I re-enter in this command, sudo apt auto-remove. I entered this command, and it took about 40 minutes to complete the execution of that command. Then I rebooted my machine and tried a normal GUI boot-up. I entered in my password for the administrator user account. The machine booted into the desktop environment. I immediately tried an update through the regular updater. It reported that I needed to change update mirrors, so I did. Tried the update again and found out that no further updates are required at this time. I hope this helps the Linux community. Okay. And, uh, you know, I have had similar issues, Highlander, with a failed update or a failed install or something like that. Usually after a failed update, or maybe it was because there was a bug in an update. But... Um, it, it appears to me that what you had happening is something in a previous update, uh, maybe even the update after installing, um, had left something behind. And by using the auto-remove, uh, all the steps that you did may not have been required, but by using the auto-remove, that took care of whatever was left behind by getting rid of it and 
whatever that was that was preventing you from actually booting into a graphical user environment was now gone and it let you do that. So when doing an update from the command line, I always use three commands now. Uh, and I have been doing this for a while. One is sudo apt update and then sudo apt upgrade and then follow that with sudo apt auto remove. Sometimes it doesn't find anything to auto remove. Sometimes it does, especially if I've uninstalled something, it'll get rid of whatever is left behind and then away you go. So that has kept me from having some problems after updating my system. Um, how about you, Bill? Have you had similar sorts of issues? Uh, until I moved to Man uh, Manjaro Cinnamon, uh, my machines never stayed around long enough to, yeah, <laughs> to, okay. to use that. Uh, but right now, yeah, my uh, Man Cinnamon Manjaro is still running perfectly. I uh, haven't had any issues, but I think you're right. He probably had some, some piece of cruft in there that was causing an issue. Yeah. Cause, exactly. Because when you're doing an upgrade, it, do, it doesn't it have to write to the bootloader. Yeah, it does it, usually. And the other thing it does is when you're upgrading from one version to another, sometimes they have removed support for something you've had uh. in the past, and that gets removed. There may be some configuration files or something else left behind. Uh, sometimes there is no support for whatever that application was. Other times it's an update to, uh, you know, one of the backend services or, or system applications that has changed. Uh, like when you go from X server to Wayland, I expect there will be some uh -oh. issues re related to that as well. Uh, fresh install eliminates that possibility. But uh, when you're doing an upgrade, Oftentimes, there's something left behind that's no longer compatible with whatever the new features of the new system are. So by doing the apt auto-remove, that should take care of whatever those issues are. Yes. And, you know, if, if there is a version that's of whatever it is that it removed that's available for your new updated system, check the repositories for whatever Linux you're using and see if there's something there. And if not... A snap or a flat pack may solve the problem. Yep, that sounds like a good plan. At least you got it fixed. That's a, that's the important part. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if anybody else uh, in our listening audience has some feedback for Highlander that's different from what Bill and I just discussed, feel free to write in. <laughs> All right. Okay. And that's our feedback for this time. Okay. Uh, our next episode, Bill, we were going to take a look at password managers. You think that's something we can do for our next episode? I've had, had now had some experience with uh, moving from LastPass over to uh, Bitwarden. And so I've been using Bitwarden for a couple of months now, so I can give some input on that one. And I use Bitwarden on my computer and on my cell phone. So, yeah. All right. So maybe we can at least give a review of Bitwarden, but yeah. maybe we can take a peek at some of the other uh, password managers. Yeah, I think there. we can do that. So until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. 
We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And so if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.